God of heaven and earth, the Prince of Peace, the Day Spring, the Bread of Life. Jesus, we want more of you. We want more of you. God, we don't want to settle for second best. God, we want everything you have for us. We want everything you have for our families. We want everything you have for our city, our nation, our world. God, we want more of you. Come on, in your own voice, just begin to lift up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the King of Glory, the King of Glory, the King of Glory shall come in. King of glory. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Come on. Come on, church. Press in. Come on, church. Press in. There's victory in the house today. There's healing in the house today. There's life and life abundantly in the house today. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Resurrection powers in the house today. Resurrection power. Resurrection power. We declare things you thought were dead are coming alive in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, every hand lifted. Hallelujah. 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 You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. We want more of you, more of you. Come on, lift your hands. We want more of you. We want more of you. We want more, God. We want more of you. We want more of you. More of you, Jesus. We want more of you. More of you. We want more of you. More of you. We want more of you, Lord. More of you. Kiarabase, Arababaselere. Kiarabase, Arababaselere. Korababase, Arababaselere. Kiarabase, Arababaselere. Kiarabase, Arababaselere. Kiarabase, Arababaselere. Kiarabase, Arababaselere. Father, from the front to the back, set us on fire, set us on fire. From the front to the back, to the upper deck, Lord, set us on fire, set us on fire, Lord. Come on, lift your hands where you're at. Set us on fire, God. From the front to the back. 
Set us on fire, God, from the front to the back. Set us on fire, God, from the front to the back. We want more of you. We want more of you. Let me say this. It is amazing to watch how God has been using the youth, our children. They have challenged me so much in this season. There was such a supernatural move of God last Sunday night, all day, but Sunday night to see our children being used so mightily by God was such a powerful moment for our church. It, something is changing. God is doing something special here. We don't take it for granted. Come on, lift your hands, Lord. What you're doing, we promise to steward it well. Lord, we thank you that you've sent your fire. We want more of your fire. Lord, use the kids, use the youth, use the young adults, God. Challenge us, God. If you're cold today, if you're dead today, I declare that you are coming alive and there's a fresh fire that's gonna burn on the inside of you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Like Jeremiah said, that fire is gonna be shut up in your bones. You're gonna have a heart of fire. God, we want more of you. We want more of you. We want more of you. sacrifice in the room set us on fire God set us on fire God set us on fire God everyone that is attending Valor Christian College cohort this year I want you to come up to the stage we want to pray for you I know the college is getting ready to start. We have a Bible college here, Valor Christian College. It's a cohort of a, the great Valor Christian College out of Columbus, Ohio. And we're so blessed for every student that is saying, set me on fire, God. Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap. Come here, Natalie. Let's stretch our hands to these wonderful students. They're making a commitment to say, Lord, 
set me on fire. Amazing what God is doing. Amazing. Hands lifted, church praying. Let's stretch our hands to these that have taken this leap of faith. And we just declare you're stepping out on nothing and landing on everything. I thank you, Lord, that for such a time as this, they're positioning themselves, posturing themselves to be grafted into your kingdom in the perfect will of God. I thank you, God, that they're burning torches for you, burning torches for you, Jesus. I thank you that the fire of God is upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. You can and you will. 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 in this place. You're welcome in this place because for far too long the church of Jesus Christ hasn't had burning torches set apart men and women of God that are willing to do whatever it takes that aren't affected by the fear of man but they've stood up for something and these 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 men and women are standing up for something in this hour and you're going to use them mightily. You're going to use them mightily to shake nations. You're going to use them mightily to take Torah Terry back from the devil. You're going to use them mightily, mightily, mightily to raise up the next generation to preach the unadulterated gospel message. Ever imagined. 
I hear the Lord say, I make no mistakes. Don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. Walk into it. Lean into it. I am with you every step of the way. In the name of Jesus, I pray blessing and fire upon her all the days of her life that you'll burn until you die. Fire in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. gifts, God, to the body of Christ. Lord, bless them. We thank you for them. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You can walk them off. And if people are still on the stage, it's fine. Just let them there. Come on, lift your hands one more time. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. I just want to encourage everyone, you don't want to miss tonight, Sunday nights. God has just been doing 
while every service, God is just doing something so special. But I want to encourage you, do not miss tonight. You're worthy, God. Come on, Shalom, just sing. You're worthy. worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our praise, O King Jesus. So we lift you up. So we lift you up. We lift you up high. message last year about this time maybe during the summer of last year it was titled one more time and it was about Samson and the Holy Spirit's been stirring something on my heart for the last two weeks because last year we began to cry out like never before for revival we want revival and we began to say God do it one more time God use me one more time send revival one more time God touch this nation one more time touch this city one more time God bring in a harvest of souls one more time one more time God one more time one more time God and we began to say to the Holy Spirit, you can have your way. Holy Spirit, we're not going to put you in a back room just on Monday nights between 7 and 8 p.m. Holy Spirit, you're in control of everything. And so when you, we see men and women touch, our children touch the way they are, that only happens when you are a yielded church. 
you can't control the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And when you say, Holy Spirit, we let you rule and reign in this place. We see what we saw last Sunday where our young children were moved so powerfully by the hand of God that tears began to flow from everyone's face that was in the room. And then we even testified about it on Wednesday night and we couldn't even say a word. Preaching couldn't even occur because the Holy Spirit was so thick. His presence was so tangible in the room. We want revival. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people that want you more than anything else. This blood-bought, Bible-believing remnant of Jesus Christ that wants you more than anything. We want revival. We want revival. We want revival. We want revival. We want it, God. You can have theology and not have his presence. I'm so tired of pointless words being spoken from churches just to entertain people. We need a move of God. I really felt challenged yesterday. I've been praying for a move of God for America. God began to correct my spirit. He says America doesn't need a move of God. The church needs a move of God. And if the church gets the gets a move of God, America will feel it. If the church gets God, if the church experiences a move of God, everyone around us will feel it. Our city will be changed. Our nation will be changed. America doesn't need a move of God. The church of Jesus Christ needs a move of God and America will feel it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's an alarm going off. And I pray you hear the alarm. Time is short. We are not promised tomorrow. Time is short. We need a move of God. Every hand lifted. We need a move of God. 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 In the church. God, we want more of you. We want more of you. There's an alarm sounding. I pray you hear the alarm. There's no more time to play church. There's no more time to play games. Those days are over. 
We need such a sovereign move in the church of Jesus Christ where people are called back to repentance, where people are called back to, to seek his face more and more. God, we need a move. I want to read a passage out of Judges chapter 16, verse 6. I quoted it last week before Pastor Jamie preached. It's just been burning in me. I'm going to read out of the New International Version. It said, So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. The church of Jesus Christ if you are a follower of Jesus, there's a strength you have. There's a power. There's an authority you have. We've watered it down so much that you don't, most people don't even know who they are. They get saved and they stay bound most of the Christian walk. They never experience the freedom you can have in Jesus. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're walking in freedom. There's so much more God has for us. The church, you, there's a strength, there's a power, there's an anointing, there's an authority. When you walk in the room, things change. When you speak, you're not speaking your words, but the words from the throne room of heaven. When you look your family in the eye and says, I'm going to serve Jesus all the days of my life, whether they understand it or not, there's an authority, there's a strength. I want us to get back to when people walk into this church they feel the power of God so strong. When they walk on this property, they feel the presence of the Holy Ghost so strong that chains begin to break off before they even walk in the building. That healing occurs in the parking lot. That deliverance occurs before they even open the door of their car. I pray that you become a walking, 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 agent of change for the things of God most churches if the Holy Spirit would withdraw would leave most churches would just continue as normal may that never be us may that never be us I, we say Holy Spirit come we even sing it. Ven. We sing it in Spanish. Ven. Ven. Spiritus Santo. Ven. Don't make me break out my Spanish. <laughs> we say, come. Come. Holy Spirit, come. Come. But what we're really saying, Holy Spirit, come the way I want you to come. Holy Spirit, come 
at my most convenient time. Holy Spirit, don't mess up my plans or my agenda, but come when it's the easiest for me. Don't mess up my status quo, but you can come. The Holy Spirit's not going to come that way. When you say come, you're saying I'm yielding to everything. Holy Spirit, you're the most important thing. God, you're the most important thing. You're everything. If you want to wake me up in the middle of the night and have me pray, I'll pray. If you want to wake me up early in the morning, I'll wake up early in the morning. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I, I want us to understand this today. I can't live another day without. I believe this is a prayer for someone here today that you can't live another day without the fire of God. You can't live another day without the Holy Spirit ruling and reigning in your life. As we have pressed into prayer, I said in one year, you wouldn't recognize this church. And in a few weeks, I don't even recognize the church. I can't imagine a year from now. Our Tuesday, nine o'clock prayer, people keep coming. And we're gonna keep praying and keep pressing in. There's a strength when you're part of the church of Jesus Christ. When you serve Jesus, there's a strength. Even when you're weak, he's strong. Even when you're weak, he's strong. I want you to see this right now. In Hebrews 11, 32 and 33. Worship him, just stay up here with me. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions through faith. Lester Summerall says, faith is simply believing in what God says. Simply believing in God. Do you believe what God says? Do you believe in the promises he's given you? Do you believe what his word says? Do you believe in what God is doing in your life? I want you to understand this today. We need more of God. Say that with me. Say, I need more of God. Say it again. Say, I need more of God. You could high-five your neighbor. You could be seated for a second. I want the worst team to say up here. Last year when I preached this message one more time, it kind of became an anthem for our crusades, our missions, endeavors. But it was a cry for revival. And as God over the last two weeks has been stirring me, I titled this message, Tell Me the Secret of Your Great Strength.
when I think of the church of Jesus Christ, when I think what it means to be a Christian, I don't see it as a small thing. I see it as the greatest thing you can do. I know the church has become so full of entertainment, so full of programs and methods that we've kind of lost what the church was meant to be. John Wesley, the last 600 sermons he preached, six were inside a church. His last 600 sermons John Wesley preached, six were inside a church building. I have people tell me all the time, I'm called to preach. I just don't have a pulpit. I'm telling you, you can stand on the corner and have a pulpit. You have a pulpit at your job. You have a pulpit at the... You don't want to hear this kind of preaching. You can have a pulpit at the grocery store. You have a pulpit in your living room with your family. Don't make me say that. You got to understand when you are a follower of Jesus, there's something so powerful. Death doesn't have a hold over us because we know we're going to spend eternity with him. Death doesn't scare me. I'm a follower of Jesus. Death, where's your sting, the Bible says. As we read this, you have to understand something about Samson. In Judges chapter 15, verse 15 and 16, it says he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand and took it, and killed a thousand men with it. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I've slain a thousand men. This man had supernatural strength. We are supposed to walk in supernatural strength. It's not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Jesus isn't coming back for a weak, beaten down church. He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for a bride that is spotless, that's got authority, that's got power. I'm trying to get someone from going from being cold to hot. I'm trying to get someone out of being lukewarm. I'm trying to get you to realize who you are in Christ, not who you are in the world. Because we've identified so much of who we are in the world that we forgot who we are in Christ. See, I don't identify to the world. I identify to Christ. I'm just in this world. And I'm in this world to save souls. I'm in this world to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm here to be a light in the darkness. See, we, we've become so much like the world that we don't know who we are. The church has become so much about its methods and programs that we forgot that God isn't looking for methods and programs. God's looking for men and women that will rise up and hear the call of God and say, I'll respond to it. God's looking for men and women that will say, I'll lay it all on the line and go where you tell me to go, do what you tell me to do, say what you tell me to say. God's looking for men and women. God isn't looking for methods. God's looking for men and women. 
I am grateful for this church. I see God raising up men in this church. Men that are unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ that won't back down, that will stand up for righteousness in their family, that will walk the walk, that will talk the talk and fight the good fight of faith. They might have a past, but they have a better. They might have a past, but they now have a future in Jesus. I'm grateful for some men that stand up for righteousness, that men that are sensitive to the Holy Spirit while also being strong for their family. We need more men of God. I'm grateful for the women in this church. We got some praying women. We got some Holy Ghost-filled women. We got some women that love God more than anything else. We got some women that want to shake the world for Jesus. We got some women that got a song in their heart and a word in their spirits for such a time as this. We got some Esthers in the house that are ready to stand up and say, this generation will be saved. We got some women that have been, been through some things. I am amazed as our woman's center is progressing. It's amazing to see how many women have such a passion to save babies. But in their past, they made a mistake and had an abortion, but God redeemed it. God turned it around for the good. God began to put a burden in their heart to say, don't make the same mistake I did because God's got something for that child. Isn't it amazing how God redeems things? How God turns things around? That's part of our strength. That's part of who we are. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. As soon as we repent and say, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior. As we surrender, as we put ourselves on the cross with him, there's something that happens. It is not just a power. It is this, as you begin to die with him, you also resurrect with him. It's a resurrection power. It's an authority that doesn't matter what you did yesterday. Doesn't matter what you did yesterday. I feel like I need to say this again. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. Because as soon as you said, Jesus, I surrender all. Everything began to change. He turns everything around for the good. Delilah is asking this man that has supernatural strength. Now, I know a lot of times you can see pictures in the Bible, or the, the, it's more like the kids' Bible you see. We got all these kids' Bibles at our house now. And it's amazing to see how they portray Samson. This big, strong man. You know, sometimes we think of Samson, he's probably seven feet tall, eight feet tall. Muscles on muscles. But if he was like that, they probably wouldn't ask him 
What is the secret of your great strength? He probably was just a normal sized man. Because when someone's big, you don't have to ask them how they got strong. And so Delilah, you can see this man slayed a thousand men. Then in Judges 15, verse 4, it says, Samson went and caught 300 foxes, and he took torches, turned the fox, foxes tail to tail, and put a torch between each pair. Then it said in Judges 14, and it says in verse 5 and 6, so Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to the surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. This man had such strength, such authority, such power. And Samson... I've preached this for so many years. It's such a representation of the church. This is the power we're supposed to walk in. This is the authority we're supposed to walk in. When you walk down the street, demons flee. I preached this not too long ago. My greatest desire, my greatest desire, as I pray in hell, there's a sign. That says, Brian Bolt, we were afraid of him. I desire to be known in hell. This man did so much damage to the kingdom of darkness that hell knew his name. Like an axe when the sons of Sceva and they talk in Acts 19 about Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? I pray that God raises up a church here in Whittier, California that is known in hell. I pray that they put a sign up in hell that says, City Reach Church in Whittier, California. Keep people away from that place. Do whatever you have to do to keep people away from that place. Because as soon as they get in the parking lot, they're going to get delivered. They're going to get changed. They're going to get saved. They're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray that this church is known in hell. I pray that this church is known in hell. I pray that you and your family are known in hell. That doesn't happen by playing church games. That doesn't happen by being one foot in, one foot out. That doesn't happen by being timid. That doesn't happen by doesn't happen by just methods it, it, it's more and then Delilah asked him what's the secret of your great strength and Samson said to her if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings not yet dried then I shall become weak and be like any other man
our strength. Our strength doesn't come from the things the world thinks it comes from. Our strength doesn't come from material things. Our strength doesn't come because we're blessed or we're not blessed. I know many mighty men of God that live in third world countries that have barely anything, but when they walk in a room, the anointing of God is so strong on their life that you start weeping. It's not because of what you possess that makes you strong. It's not because of what you have. The early church had nothing. The early church was married to poverty. The early church was married to persecution. But the church of Jesus Christ today is married to prosperity and married to blessing. That, I am not against prosperity or blessing, but that isn't what makes our strength. That's not what makes us strong. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. That doesn't make you strong. It doesn't matter all the possessions you have. That does not make you strong. That's not our strength. That's not our strength. Our strength is that actually we can have nothing. The bank account can be empty. But God just keeps providing anyways. You don't know where it comes from. It just keeps coming. Our strength is we trust in God in the good times and the bad times. We trust God in the good seasons and the bad seasons. I don't need to see seven figures in a bank account to know I'm blessed by God. I know I'm blessed by God because he lives inside of me. There's a fire shut up in my bones. I know wherever I go, things begin to change. There's an anointing on my life. There's an anointing on your life. The gospel is about sacrifice, not about prosperity. This is a, it's a sacrificial gospel. But we've made it so much about us. So much about us. If you don't see this, if you don't see that. And I believe God blesses people. I believe God prospers people. But I believe he does it. So they begin to bless and prosper the kingdom to reach souls. We are blessed to be a blessing. But that's not the secret of our strength. In Judges 16 verse 11 so he said to her if they bind me with securely with new ropes that have never been used then I shall become weak and be like any other man and this keeps going on and then she says in verse 13 Delilah says to Samson until now you have mocked me and told me lies tell me what you may be bound with and he said to her if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom. And then eventually in 17, that he told her all his heart. And he said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. And if I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. 
He was a Nazarite. He made a vow before the Lord. His strength was in his obedience. Our strength is in our obedience. When we're obedient to God's word, but most of us have a hard time doing that because God will tell you to do things that are very uncomfortable. If God only tells you things that are comfortable, that's not God. If God only tells you things that fit your agenda and fit your plan, that's not God. That's you. And you've made a God of your own understanding. And the God of your own understanding will tell you everything you like. That's not God. God will challenge you. All through scripture, God will tell you things that make you uncomfortable. He'll call you to go to Africa when you don't feel like going to Africa. God will tell you there's souls in China when you don't, you don't want to leave, you don't want to leave your neighborhood. I'm here to tell you something. Last year we began to cry out for revival. One more time, God. One more time, God. Send it, God. Change us, God. Use us one more time. We saw such a harvest of souls. It's amazing. We saw God use people that were newly saved to see blind eyes open, deaf ears open. It's amazing. But there's more. There's a revival that's getting ready to hit this land that the world has never seen. There's an awakening happening. There's a remnant rising. And I'm here to tell you, you can be a part of it. God is looking for men and women that will lay it all down, that won't just go to the feet of Jesus, but say, put me on the cross with Jesus. God's looking for men and women that won't settle for second best. God's looking for men and women that will hear the alarm and say, I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I hear the sound of revival. I'm telling you today, get out of your own agenda get out of your own stuff get out of your own plans it's not about you it's all about the kingdom of God and about Jesus I need you to understand today your ways your plans your agendas will not last when the fire begins to consume everything everything will be burned in the fire everything will be tried in the fire wood hay and stubble the Bible says will burn away but precious gems, silver and gold will be refined in the fire. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. This is your time. If God is a consuming fire, which he is, and he lives in you, you will burn all the days of your life. God needs a torch of holy fire in your house. He wants a fire in you so strong that will change your heart, that will change your life, that will change your family. I can't live with coldness anymore. I can't live with blindness anymore. I can't live that way anymore. I can't live with being indifferent to a lost world. I can't deal with the blindness anymore. I can't deal with the coldness anymore. God, open our eyes. Let us see the truth. 
Let us see a world that is dying and lost, that has no hope. God, we call upon you. I want you to understand this today. They shaved Samson's head. The man was supernatural strength. They bound him. They plucked out his eyes. And they put him to work grinding. He was bound blind and grinding for the enemy, producing for the enemy. God, show me so many Christians are bound. They're so bound. They're so lost. They can't forgive. They can't let go. bound. They have no freedom. There's no victory in their life. There's no breakthrough in their life. You're bound. You're walking around with grave clothes. The grave clothes are on you, but you're alive, but you have grave clothes on. Just like Lazarus. You're walking around bound. You got no victory. You got no authority. You got no life. And then people think this is what it means to be a Christian. That is not Christianity. Jesus came to break every chain. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm not going to live. I'm not going to live bound. I'm not going to live tied up. I'm not going to live bound anymore. There's no victory in that. There's no authority in that. There's no declaration in that. There's no life and life abundantly in that. The only way to become free is to become a slave to him. You weren't expecting that. Slavery produces freedom. Slavery to Christ produces freedom in the world. When you are a bond servant, when you are a slave to him, there is such a freedom. You're not here to impress anyone. You're not here to get all the likes on Instagram or Facebook. Come on, somebody. You're not bound by the cheers and the praises of people. You're not bound by the disappointments of man. There's a victory, there's a freedom when you're a slave to Jesus Christ. I pray that God raises up bond servants, slaves to Christ that care more about serving Jesus, care more about about Him. So many of us are blind, we can't see the truth in front of us. You've lost perspective. You've lost what is real. Eternity should be our perspective. We need to have eternity as our perspective. 
I care more about eternal things than earthly things. I want you to understand this. When revival comes, it isn't to fill empty seats at a church. When revival comes, it's to fill empty hearts of people. I'm here to tell you, We've gotten so used to judging things a certain way, looking at things a certain way. This is the way it should be. And we've lost eternal perspective. When I saw God use our kids, the way he used them, watching that video broke me. It changed me. They were willing vessels, willing to be used. They didn't care what they looked like. They didn't care what it sounded like. They just said, God, I want more of you and less of me. Let me tell you, if we had more men and women like those kids, this world would be changed in a matter of six months for the glory of God. It'd be the greatest revival that ever swept across this world if we had faith like a child. Jesus didn't come into the world to make bad men good. He came into the world to make dead men live. Most Christians pray to be blessed. Few pray to be broken. In this season, I'm praying that God breaks us. Breaks us. Break our heart. I want to look at Judges 16, 28, and 30, and this is where I was just getting to, but I want to look at the New Living Translation. Now, Samson, the great warrior, the man with supernatural strength, thousands couldn't stop him. He eventually is led into the temple, led into the this huge place, this stadium, by a young boy. How embarrassing. A young lad, the Bible says. A man that could subdue thousand men. A man that could do so much. A young boy led him into the temple. I find that amazing because when we lose our strength, when we lose perspective, when we lose the heart of God in our lives, when we lose the fire, the simplest things of the world can dominate us. When you lose the fire of God, it's the little things that can begin to dominate you. It's those little sins that begin to control your life. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O oh God. Please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. He prayed, 
let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers, all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. I preached this last year, and the thought was, God, do it one more time. I so missed the secret of his strength. I missed it. I was so focused on the one more time. Because I want God to do it one more time. I want this city to be changed. I want this nation to be changed. I want our state to be changed. I want God to use me one more time. But the word that leaped out, the secret to his strength, and I gave you a bunch of other things, but really this is the point I was trying to make. Because without this, none of the other stuff can actually function. See, it's hard to be obedient if you don't pray. It's hard to live holy if you don't pray. It's hard to walk in authority if you don't pray. It's hard to walk righteous if you don't pray. And what leaped out at me, what leaped, it says, then Samson prayed to the Lord. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. I'm going to say it again. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. The true church lives and moves and has its being in prayer. I'm here to tell you, prayer is everything. Prayer changes everything. What makes us different than the world is we have a power. We have an authority through prayer to grasp eternity. Prayer touches, prayer lays hold of, prayer grasps eternity. I'm not praying to a dead God. I'm praying to a God that is alive. I'm praying to a, a Jesus that can move heaven and earth. I'm praying to a God that can change everything in a moment. What is changing our church isn't a program, isn't a method, isn't a, a, a workbook. It is that people are on their knees crying out to God and saying, God, I want you more than anything. God's people are praying and prayer changes things. What is changing our church isn't good preaching, isn't good worship, isn't good programs. It is men and women are praying to God. The secret to our strength is prayer. Men and women that will cry out to God. Men and women that don't have an agenda. Men and women that aren't about their plans or what they want. Men and women that will get on their knees and not leave that place until God begins to move. Prayer is everything. Prayer is everything. We must be people of prayer. A man that is intimate with God is never intimidated by man. 
Prayer is everything. The great Leonard Ravenhill would say, a man of God that did not pray at least two hours a day, a man or woman of God that would not pray two hours a day was worth nothing in the kingdom. Prayer grasps eternity. Prayer doesn't change God to back us. Prayer doesn't say, prayer doesn't change God. The Bible says God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. Prayer doesn't move God to our side. Prayer moves us to God's side. See, that's why we need more men and women that will pray. We need more young people that will pray. The secret to our strength is that we can connect through prayer with the eternal God. We can connect with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We can connect with Jehovah Rapha, our healer. We can connect with our provider. We can connect with our deliverer. As we begin to pray to God, something begins to change in our hearts, change in our lives. God begins to move, and he doesn't move because God does not change. But what happens is I begin to line myself up with God once. I begin to line up with his agenda. I begin to line up with his plan. It's not so much about me. See, you can't walk in humility without praying. You can't walk in authority without praying. You can't walk in the supernatural without praying. You can't preach this glorious gospel without praying. You can't do the things that you are called to do without praying. There's a strength we have and we have lost it and forgot about it. But here at this church, God is raising up a remnant that will not just evangelize, that will not just do missions, but we'll pray and seek the heart of God. We'll be men and women of prayer. The more time I spend in prayer, the more the things the Lord shows me, the more he reveals to me, the more he speaks to my heart, the more he shows me what steps to take. When people come to me and say they don't know what to do, I always say, you need to pray. And then everybody says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, yeah, yeah, yeah isn't praying. Just because you say, yeah, 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 and you agree with it doesn't mean you're praying. How do you learn how to pray? How do you learn how to swim? It's the same thing. You can't be on the couch eating Cheetos and trying to swim. You got to practice. It takes travailing. It takes, if you want to learn how to swim, you got to work at it. If you want to learn how to pray, it's getting off the couch, turning off the entertainment, turning off the things that amuse you, and getting alone with God. If you want to pray, you just do it. And I'm telling you, we want revival. I want it at any cost. 
And I believe as the more we pray, God told me this house, this house, this church is so on fire that people will either be consumed by it or they will just run away. But there'll be more that are consumed by it. And it broke my heart that people would run away from the fire. But God says they will be back. Because in the fire of God, there is deliverance. In the fire of God, there is freedom. In the fire of God, there is grace and mercy. In the fire of God, there is salvation. I'm telling you, I've seen it in just a few weeks of this church really pressing into prayer. Everything has begun to change. Everything has begun to change. Our youth, our young people are moaning and groaning and crying out to God. Our youth are being touched. Let me tell you, don't miss the boats because you'll miss the greatest revival. What if God said, I'm going to start it at 7106 Sorensen Avenue in Whittier, California? Because a group of people began to pray they cared less about the methodology and more about the power of God I tell you I'm not here for convenience I'm here for the anointing of God I'm not here for comfort I need the power of God I'm not here for programs and methods I'm here for the Pentecostal power of God in my life I'm telling you, there is something coming to this house. If you don't prepare yourself, you will miss it. And you will regret it for all the days of your life. Because when revival hit Azusa Street, I imagine there were some people that left before it happened. I imagine those people probably would say, yeah, I used to be part of that church. But then when revival hit, that's my church. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I, I have a hard time praying. I get it. You got to press in. It takes work. It takes work. I know we don't like that word. It takes work. Getting up early in the morning. A desire for God that can't break the chains of slumber is a weak thing. desire for God that can't break the chains of slumber to wake up in the morning and pray. Jesus would pray early in the morning. I'm telling you, you got to pray. Press in. Press in. There will no longer be a weak church. I'm believing that as we pray, people from all over will come to us and say what is the secret of your great strength how do you know where to invest when other people don't how do you know how to do this how do you know all this about me and we don't even know each other how does this happen what's going on what is the secret to your great strength as God begins to raise up his bride as God begins to raise up a remnant the question will be asked by the world what is the secret of your great strength and you can have two positions you can be in the lap of Delilah or you could be on the knees your own you can be on your knees crying out to God you can either be on the lap or on your knees. 
there's two positions that you will be in. You either be on the lap of Delilah or on your knees before the God of heaven and earth. I am making a statement today that this church will be on its knees before God, the God of heaven and earth. No more on the lap of Delilah. No more on the lap of the world. No more caring more about the world than the things of God. We don't need any more men and women on the lap of Delilah. We need men and women that will carve out a place with their knees on the ground because they wouldn't leave the grounds until they saw what they needed to see. We need men and women that will cry out to an eternal God, the God of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. If you are weak in prayer, you're weak in everything. Hallelujah. Come on, every hand lifted. out there is not waiting for a new definition of Christianity it's waiting for a new demonstration of Christianity what is the secret of your great strength every hand lifted it's prayer that is our secret weapon the church in the book of Acts the New Testament church didn't own a Bible they had prayer they had the Holy Spirit they turned the world upside down we have more Bibles printed 20 million Bibles printed every year in America. If that was it alone, we would have the problem solved. That is not it alone. If you want to know how popular a church is, come to Sunday morning service. If you want to know how popular the pastor is, come to the Sunday evening service. If you want to know how popular God is, come to the prayer meeting. Every hand lifted. I pray that you are reminded today what your strength is. your strength you're a man and woman of God you're a man or woman of prayer the secret of prayer is praying in secret the secret of prayer is praying in secret get alone with God spend so much time with everybody else 
Get alone with God. Pray. Watch what he'll do. He'll change you. Pray. Pray. Well, I don't know how. Shut the door. Get on your knees. Begin to talk to him. Begin to call out to him. Begin to ask him to give you revelation. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray. Right now, every hand lifted, we're going to pray. That God uses this church one more time. We're not just going to sing about it. We're not just going to preach about it. But we're going to pray. Just like Samson did. This was the secret of his great strength. He was a man of God. And the greatest victory he ever had was because of prayer. God, right now, use this church one more time. Send revival one more time. We are praying. We are crying out. We are calling out to you, the God of heaven and earth. Lord, I pray right now that lost loved ones get saved. Lord, I pray that lost loved ones get delivered. I pray that lost loved ones get healed. I pray for my city, God. Lord, I pray that there's such a move of God in this church that they feel it. God, that they feel it. That it begins to change them, God. Not because of what you're doing out there. Because of what you're doing in here. God, raise up prayer warriors. The secret of our great strength is we are men and women of prayer. We know how to touch heaven. Grab hold of eternity. Touch the throne room of God. Come on, press in. God, one more time. One more time. One more time. One more time. Lord, we'll be faithful to pray. We'll be committed to pray. God, give me six people that know how to groan in the Holy Ghost. And this world will be changed for the glory of God. God, touch my husband. Touch my wife. Change my children. Change everything. Don't miss what God is doing. It could change your bloodline. It could change your lineage. Don't be so prideful that you think you got it together. You don't. It's prayer. Movements are started through prayer. Revival is birthed in prayer. Do it one more time, God. Do it one more time. Come on, press in. There's breakthrough right here. Rabbakaya Nasatakena. Rabbakaya. 
One more time, God, touch Tijuana. One more time, God, bring souls in. One more time. they brought Samson to the temple of Dagon the enemy didn't realize his hair was growing back his strength was coming back but it says Samson prayed Samson prayed Samson prayed one more time, one more time. We won't see revival with dry eye praying. We must be broken before the Lord. We must have a revelation that our neighbors are going to hell, a revelation that our city's going to hell, that hell is real. We must have a revelation that burns so deep inside of us that it begins to cry out, that we begin to pray and say, God, one more time, one more time, Lord, let the hair of your church begin to grow back one more time. Lord, we're praying. Let the church of Jesus Christ pray again. Let the church of Jesus Christ stop playing games, but pray. We can't play. We must pray. God says if you will pray, your family will be redeemed. Your family will be saved. Your loved ones will be transformed. One more time. Rabba Come on, press in just a few more minutes. Break through in the house of God. Break through in the house of God. Break through. Break through. Come on, lift your hands high. You can grasp eternity right now. What is the secret of your great strength, church? I'm a man or woman of prayer. That is my secret. How do you get an anointing? Pray. How do you get authority? Pray. How do you get positioned right? Pray. How do you end up in the best situations? Pray. One more time.
church the church might look bound blind and grinding right now God but we declare one touch from heaven one touch from heaven can change everything one touch from heaven can change everything come on give Jesus a big shout of praise if you're committed to prayer God told me a couple weeks ago, one year from now, we'll not recognize the church. I have committed myself to such hours of prayer every day. Sometimes I just get lost, but it's changing my life. If you commit to pray this next year, I want you to lift your hands because God's going to do something. Samson prayed. Come here, Natalie. Prayer for everybody that's committed. Samson prayed. This is the secret of our great strength. The secret to our strength. We can grasp heaven. We declare unity. 
And we declare, Lord Jesus, one year from today, this church will be totally different, but your family will be totally different. This city will be totally different. Your children will be totally different. We come in agreement and alignment, and we say one more time, one more time, flow through us, God. We commit in the mighty name of Jesus one more time. I want everyone to look at me. No man or woman is greater than his prayer life. No man or woman is greater than their prayer life. No man or woman is greater than their prayer life. Samson, end of his life, humiliated mocked made fun of at the end of his life no man or woman is greater than their prayer life his strength was in his prayer life strength was in his prayer life at the last moments of his life his strength came out through prayer one more time lift your hands Come on, press in just for a few moments. May God trust you with a burden to pray. May God break your heart for what breaks his. No man or woman is greater than his prayer life. You can measure the greatness of a person by their prayer life. One more time. He began to pray. I can just imagine him grinding on that mill, praying to God. over you and declare a 
burden for prayer. A burden to grasp eternity. One more time, God. May that be the prayer of our heart. One more time. Say it with me. Say one more time. Say it loud. Say one more time. Say one more time. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Hey! Ushers, come forward. Now, I tell people I'm big on this. The cafe is serving food today. Better to invest your money in the kingdom of God than into TGI Fridays. Come on. For real. Make sure you stop by. That's important. Hallelujah. 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 As we get ready to receive our tithes and offering this morning, James chapter 2 talks about a faith that we have. But without works, that faith is, is dead. It says, but one will argue that I have faith, and another one will argue that I have work. But James says, I will show you my faith by my work. And when we tithe, we put work in. When we go, we put work in. When we do things, we put work in. When we serve, we put work in. And so in this moment, if we want to see God do it one more time, we've got to invest into the kingdom of God and expand the kingdom of God. And so right now, I want to challenge each and every one of us to tithe, but also go above and beyond because there's work to do. Come on, somebody. There's work to do. God, do it one more time. But he's asking us, sow one more time. Go one more time. Serve one more time. Is there a remnant that's ready to sow one more time, to serve one more time, and to go one more time? So let's reach deep into our pockets. And you're thinking, I already give my tithe. But there's so much to do. What could I possibly do to make a difference? We believe that we are world changers. And when we unite together, maybe you alone can't do much, but together we'll pull down strongholds. Together we'll see Tijuana get saved. Together we'll see a woman center here in Whittier save thousands and thousands and thousands of babies. I wish there was a Pentecostal church that understands if we'll put some work together, we can do so much more. So dig, dig deep right now. Give your tithe and give above your tithe today to see a life change. Would you help me bless this tithe right now? Bless the offering right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have given to us so that you can get something through us. We declare today that Whittier shall be saved. We declare today that Tijuana shall be saved. The surrounding areas of LA shall be saved. Wherever you open a door, we'll go through it. We'll sow more. We'll give more. We'll go more. We'll serve more because, God, you deserve it all. And we want to see your kingdom expanded. We want to see your name lifted high. And today, we ask that you bless this tithe. Bless the giver so that the kingdom of God could go further and further and further. 
It's in your name, your mighty and matchless name. The church shouted, amen. Come on, somebody shout amen. Come on, shout amen. Come on, let's just receive the tithe, would you? Come on, would you receive that tithe now? As they're receiving the tithe, incredible things took place yesterday. You know, as I began to walk into the parking lot, I was getting ready to attend the Women's Center interest meeting, which was phenomenal. As we heard how we're going to be able to save thousands and thousands of babies here in L.A., But as I walked through the parking lot, there was a small group of people beginning to pray, beginning to gather, and they were loading up a car because they were going to head down to Tijuana. And yesterday, not only did we see an incredible dream begin to to come to fruition, but we saw in Tijuana 45 souls come into the kingdom of God. This is what it means to reach L.A., and reach the world. We just don't do one thing, we do them both at the same time. Are you grateful you're part of a church that is reaching LA and is reaching the world? And what they were doing yesterday is not a spin-off, just a one-off. We decided Tijuana is not a second thought or an afterthought. It's at the forefront of God of God's heart right now. Because coming here in September, we're about to descend on the city of Tijuana and do one of the greatest things God has given to us. And we're going to see Tijuana get saved at our crusade. Are you grateful? Are you grateful we get to reach LA and reach the world? And maybe you signed up for this boot camp, or excuse me, for the crusade. Maybe you're wondering about the crusade. Pastor Bill can tell you all about it. But if you signed up, you've got a boot camp that's coming up. It's mandatory for you to be there. You're going to want to be there. You need to be there so you can find out everything that you need to know to be prepared to see Tijuana saved for the glory of God. I said for the glory of God, we shall see Tijuana get saved. Amen. Come on. Can you give God a a hallelujah this morning? Can you give a hallelujah this morning? So grateful for this church. Grateful for the Holy Ghost that has his way here. Don't you miss tonight. Don't you miss Tuesday morning prayer. God bless you. We love you. If you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray for you. We'll have some pastors up here. Love you and we'll see you later tonight.